Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, December 3rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolger. And I'm Brett Goodman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to talk about the prophet Jeremiah today. But before we get to that, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for scripture. We thank you for the spirit. We thank you for nature. We thank you for people, all the ways that your love comes into the world. May we recognize it, become a part of it, and further it. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Our passage today is from Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, the first verse, and then we'll move up to verses 4 through 14. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's seventy years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, what are, what are some Christian traditions you had either growing up or maybe some traditions that you have now with your daughters and Brian? What are some of your favorites? You said Christian traditions. Do you mean Christmas? Did I say Christmas? Because okay. our, our Christian Chris- tradition is church. christian <laughs> Yeah. Christmas. Uh, um, so I have two brothers, and when we were small, on Christmas Eve, we all slept in the same room together. So, like, they would usually be in the bed, and I would be, like, in a sleeping bag on the floor. And all that meant was that, like, every 30 minutes the entire night, somebody was awake and waking up the others. Is it time? Is it time to get up yet? (laughs) 
Now, what's adorable is that my girls sleep in our room on the floor on Christmas Eve night. We used to do this because um, we needed them in one place so Santa could visit. And we didn't want them wandering out of their room while Santa might be visiting. Um, but, and even last year, my girls were, what, how old are they? They were 16 and 14. And I was like, surely y'all are sleeping in your room. And they were like, no, ma'am, it's tradition. And so we have like a hardwood floor and they just made a pallet in the floor and, and slept there together. That's so sweet. I mean, that's really been it a, is nice. a line through your entire Yeah. And those life. are some of my best memories with uh-huh. my brothers is that kind of, <laughs> do you think he came yet? just that anticipation uh-huh what are some of your christmas traditions um you know growing up with three brothers nothing there's no formal traditions because any that my mother would try we would actively rebel against <laughs> lovely uh, because uh that's who we are uh but and here's here's a good example of this which became a tradition in and of itself of growing up when we were kids you know we had a big box of all the really horrible crappy homemade ornaments and a couple from my parents first few years of marriage and it's tradition that we would come up and my mom would get the bin and with each ornament she'd hand it to us and like kind of tell the story behind it of, you know Aww. this was our first year of marriage and we go yeah. hang it and or this was you made this at this church during this sunday school or whatever um and so that's what it was when we were small and then as we hit you know middle school and high school uh and irony took over it my little brother started sitting down and making up stories for each <laughs> ornament. I love and it. Hand it. And then we'd all kind of take turns yeah. of sitting down and making up. Uh, the, the year you had a traumatic brain injury, you made this macaroni this art. This crap is. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That would, that would have been a great uh, made-up story. So, <laughs> so that was one uh, growing up for sure. That's really awesome. Um, but to our to our scripture, which you know, you and I have talked about this. It's it's some of our one of our favorite passages, mm-hmm. and uh, but to pick out one specific part, what do you think it means to seek the welfare of the city while in exile? So I think first we have to remember that the nation of Israel, so much of their identity was bound up in how they were different than others. Mm-hmm. Um, their identity was bound up in the fact that they worshiped the Lord God, and the Lord God called them to live a certain way in the world. And so part of that for a time was, you know, not intermarrying with people who lived around them, that they were to be this, um, you know, chosen people. Um, And so when they are conquered and sent into exile, it would seem natural for them to think, well, we're just going to stick together and not have anything to do with the people around us and just try and get through this. And so when the Lord God tells them to seek the welfare of the city, what God is saying is, you can, you can put roots here. You're going to be here a while. And so you should work for the good of the city, of the people around you. You will not be diminished. You can even marry um, and have children. But that, you know, I love that the passage says, when the city around you flourishes, so will you. And so that is not what they would have thought naturally to do. It is counter to their idea of how it should be. What do you think the welfare of the city means? I, and I spoke, I guess, completely in terms of at that yeah, time. Yeah. 
Um, another interesting question might be, what does it look like for us today? Yeah, and I think also, you know, as you eloquently pointed out, the Israelites finding their identity in these things, and also, I mean, their story and their identity was all about the specific land that they were mm-hmm. on. That's where the God, God, land. That God brought them out of slavery and brought them to this specific plot of land. That that was a representation of of who God was and who they were as people. And so that is lost now. They are not there. Um, and so, you know, as you talked about, then they're having to wrestle with what did these who are we, you know, the, the deep existential questions of who are we individually, who are we as a people, who are we in relation to God? Uh, and God just really flips things completely on its head of, um, of that. I am still your God, mm-hmm. um, in foreign places, uh, in, in different places, but you don't, as you say, need to, uh, fold in on yourself, that there are still, uh, ways you can flourish within, uh, places outside of, of this specific plot of land. It's, it's kind of, we almost see the, the widening of, of the gospel and who God is at this point. Yes. Um, and I think that that's uh, incredibly prudent in our lives because um, it's, easier to, it's easy to fold in on ourselves and it's easier just to put up walls uh, at the city around us. Um, it's easy to just stick within a really, really small community and never seek the welfare outside of that uh, it's easy to um, you know obviously I want our members to compl- to pour into the church but it's easy to make the church the only thing that you're pouring into when uh, and, and the church then tries to go out from there but uh, you know there are you have you have neighbors who live next door to you who are part of the welfare of the city that God's calling you to reach out to yeah and I really love too that um, I would assume that working for the welfare of the city means working for people who believe differently than you, who may even worship different gods. And I like that because it's helpful for me to remember today that the flourishing of my Muslim brothers and sisters and my Jewish brothers and sisters and my whatever, you know, Hindu brothers and sisters, that their flourishing also means my flourishing, that the Lord God is not diminished. God is still powerful. Um, by others being faithful in their tradition. Well, it's like you can have, it's, it's almost saying um, that you can have this uh, deep connection to people who are so vastly different than you and still keep absolute fidelity to mm-hmm. your faith and to yeah. God. Uh, that those two things uh, can coexist and, in this passage, should coexist. Absolutely. Um, uh, w- within, your, um, within your life of uh, continue to keep your fidelity fidelity to the Lord God and your worship of, of the Lord God. Uh, but that doesn't mean you can't uh, embrace uh, all the people around you in many different facets of life. I think it's best expressed by the idea that we are supposed to be in the world, but not necessarily of the world. Mm-hmm. We are God's people in the world, but we have to remember that our true identity as a children of God, and that's who, where our fidelity should lie. Mm-hmm. So. With that, we'll end with a quote from one of my favorites, Wendell Berry and his book, Jaber Crow. Perhaps all the good that has ever come here has come because people prayed it into the world. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. We will be back again on Monday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you.
Amen. Amen. Amen.